0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. This is the weekend edition, and we have a very special show for you today, coming to you live from the Molly Pitcher Inn in Red Bank, New Jersey. We have a great guest. He's a dear friend. Welcome to the show, Eric Weiss.
1: Thank you, Victor.
0: Well, great to have you here. Now, Eric, we've known each other, gosh, our, my entire life, and we're going to talk about hospitality today a world that's gone through so much change. But before we do, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey.
1: (laughs) How many hours do we have, Victor? (laughs)
0: Not that long. I know,
1: I know. (laughs) It's hard to consolidate. It it, it Basically, it all started when I was 16 years old. Um, My father was fortunate enough to have a patient. He was a dentist, as you know had a patient that was the vice president of the National Maritime Union. So at the age of 16, every summer, starting every summer, every holiday, I would ship out on the SS United States or the SS Independence or the SS Constitution somewhere in the world, and that was the beginning. When I graduated college, I moved to France, which was my dream at the age of 21, lived there for the next almost 10 years was exposed to culinary, wine, service, a lifestyle that was absolutely foreign to this American. And then came back and started at the Culinary Institute as a student in Hyde Park, New York. Finished the program, was hired as an assistant instructor, and then started my own consulting business 30 years ago and have had varied projects all over the world, um, everything from being the service and wine advisor to the White House for 15 years to working with international hotel groups, corporations, cities, etc. So it's been very, very diversified. And you've worked with some storied
0: properties, everything from Hilton... You've worked on some boutique hotels up in wine country in, in Northern California. You've worked with um, hotels in France, Portugal, Israel,
1: um, and, and I know I'm missing a whole bunch. Japan, Thailand, Argentina, Caribbean, whatever. My, yeah. my work has taken me Russia several times in St. Petersburg and Moscow all over the world. So one of the
0: things that you focus on is the service aspect. And boy, there's so many threads we can talk about. Let's start with that because the hospitality industry has been in some ways decimated by the COVID-19 pandemic. It is trying to emerge from that with so many people having exited the industry. And the folks that are working in the, in the industry are not necessarily the best folks. They're the folks who are available and willing to work. And, and that's changed the character of food and beverage in particular and hospitality in general. What, what are your thoughts? How does the industry emerge from this? I'm
1: not sure that there's one solution, Victor. Everyone, is, everyone in the hospitality, everyone worldwide is looking for potential solutions in terms of how to re-engage individuals to come back. To the hospitality business, or to re-energize those people that are already in it, because there's no question the world the world has changed, and the world of hospitality has you used the word decimated. It's suffered tremendously. It's the number one challenge for all hospitality venues throughout the world.
0: Absolutely, and we see it. I mean, even the hotel we're staying at here today it's a wonderful boutique property, and for the caliber of hotel that it is. Some people are, are a perfect fit for this product offering and then there's others that maybe are not. And, and you can see it, it's very obvious. So the owners clearly have to be struggling with how to staff each of the key roles in this magnificent property. When you are talking to some of the five-star properties in the world, uh, whether it's Six Senses or Belmond Or someone like that. How do they approach it? Do they grow their staff? How how does that all work?
1: Well, the visionary and strategic operators realize that they've got to do something, again, to re-energize, re-motivate the people that they already have working for them. As well as bringing people in from the outside to then make them feel valued for the property and there's a there's definitely a a major lack of qualified people and I think the smart ones also understand that skills can be taught right heart cannot and the willingness to serve in the best in the highest sense of the word the willingness to help is really what's crucial in terms of hiring people. Once they have the, that quality, the other skills can be taught.
0: So you're saying hire, hire for heart, hire for heart, hire for attributes, because skills can be taught. Absolutely. It's kind of the Starbucks philosophy of hiring. You, you can teach anyone to make a cappuccino, but if they don't like people, if they're not polite, if they're not personable, they can't teach you that. Totally agree. It's not rocket science. Exactly. Exactly. Now, you've taken this to another level, where you also curate events that are very innovative. Uh, You have a long history in the world of wine, having represented some of the elite French wines from the Bordeaux region here in the United States. And you've done things like wine, food, and music pairings, and wine, food, music, and dance pairings. And
1: wine music, f- wine, music, food, dance, and film. And hopefully in the next six months, I'll be doing fashion, food, wine, music, and dance with Neiman Marcus.
0: So what was the genesis of that idea, which has clearly developed and evolved over time? And what's that like for the patron to
1: experience? Well, the, the event is called actually the Harmony of the Senses. And I believe that in, in my development and my, my skill set that the food and wine event is no longer enough. Right. Wildly, 40 years ago, I was doing those events in New York when nobody else was doing them. But I think people have become very jaded by food and wine dinners, and that's it. So I decided organically to add other elements, of other senses and other art forms to the mix. And it's yeah. been in- incredibly uh, exciting. People can relate to it much more on many levels. Everybody can relate to um, a film, a recognized musical piece, um, a painting by Matisse, Picasso, or whatever. So it's um, much, much more complete and I think much more a- applicable to more people. Absolutely.
0: Now... You continue to be involved with wine, and I got introduced to an extraordinary gentleman. You're bringing some wines from Portugal that are new to America. They're launching here in the United States for the first time. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's just a fascinating story.
1: It is kind of an amazing story. So three and a half years ago, I was consulting. I've consulted 25 times in Portugal and sat next to a young lady on a flight coming back, a Portuguese woman, who told me that her family was the fourth generation of a textile company in Portugal, but her father's dream was to launch three sparkling wines from their family estate in northern Portugal, a white, a rosé, and a red. Met the parents, really liked them father had had me tasting the three wines and two weeks later hired me as the consultant on the project everything from the assisting of the designing of the labels to the pricing of the wines to the blending of blending of the grapes to launching the wines in the united states through a series of totally at this point all over the united states probably 25 small dinner events with the wines and foods at which you were one of the honored guests as well.
0: I was. And that was, a, that was an extraordinary dinner. Now, I, I was a little bit of a misfit at, at that dinner because the other folks were hotel owners, restaurant owners, folks like that that would actually be buying the wine on a large scale, maybe hopefully tens of thousands of cases as I know a few have. From what I understood, the launch plan was really to target first food and beverage owners to launch the wine into the United States as opposed to necessarily the retail channel.
1: That is correct. That is correct what we call on-premise properties as opposed to off-premise and that a lot of that was a strategic decision because of my own background in food and wine and it just made more sense to actually a reverse marketing strategy to taste and familiarize the wines with people actually in the hospitality trade and influencers movers and shakers as a big be- as a foundation for launching the wines in the states
0: yeah well, that's fascinating and so these wines are if you live in northern portugal are the sort of wines that you would find in your backyard so to speak but certainly not here it was the first time i've tried a chilled sparkling red wine which quite frankly was i was prepared not to like it <laughs> most people have been that's true and uh, and I was actually astounded at the quality, the balance. Uh, I mean, it was truly, truly
1: extraordinary. The red sparkling wine of the three varietals has been the most surprising to most because the wines are made with the champagne method, which is very unusual for sparkling wines, not champagnes from the Champagne region in France. Most people were, I think, expecting it to be sweet as most Lambruscos are. And it's been a major surprise to amateurs as well as professional tasters.
0: This is a real estate show. And we often talk to real estate investors, real estate developers that are interested in owning hotel properties. And they look at it from a numbers perspective. They look at the Excel spreadsheet. They look at ADR, average daily rate, um, occupancy, all of these things, and they really treat it like a piece of real estate. But in truth, these are service properties. These are It's a service offering that first and foremost that happens to sit on a real estate platform. When a hotel owner engages you, how are you able to transform that piece of real estate without changing anything from a bricks and mortar perspective into higher revenue?
1: There's no question in my mind that many properties, whether it's a hotel or a restaurant, can offer good food, hopefully great food, but those are far and few between. But the reality is is that those individuals that deliver the product is really the memorable factor. And it's been proven that restaurants or hotels with great food and unknowledgeable or surly service as opposed to a restaurant or hotel with good food as opposed to great food and memorable personalized authentic kind knowledgeable service that most people will return to the establishment that has that kind that factor going for it so the human element there's no question is what people relate to most. That's very interesting because in
0: reality, that doesn't have to cost
1: extra. Well, it, it costs in terms of hiring the Quality people, people sure. the people with heart, the people who are willing to learn if they don't know, that are willing to learn and understand that knowledge of product is c- crucial now to many people it's not just enough to say that when if if a guest asks where that fish comes from it's not enough to say from the sea yeah they (laughs) people want to know specifically which ocean which sea it comes from because of concerns with health because of concerns with pollution because of gmos all of those things right right absolutely knowledge of provenance
0: so, Eric, if a hotel owner wants to connect and wants to learn more, what's the best way?
1: My website is www.serviceartsinc.com, where the uh, potential viewer will see what I what I offer, the various things that I offer, and that really would be the best way to connect with me. Fantastic. Well,
0: Eric, always fantastic to get together and so special to spend this time together for the listeners at home definitely check out and connect with eric at serviceartsinc.com that's serviceartsinc.com the link will be in the show notes in the meantime have an awesome rest of your weekend go make some great things happen we'll talk to you again tomorrow